Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known here in KTCU as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording live at KTCU. How's everyone been? I mean, we had our first episode two weeks ago and then no episode last week because of the huge ice storm in Texas, so I'm sorry that we kind of started off as a little rocky start, but if you missed the first episode two weeks ago, no worries because Club Crime is now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like updates on Club Crime, what our next guests will be, you know, the schedule, whatever, any special shows, please feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at Club Crime Official, and Twitter, we're at Club Crime Official because Twitter would not allow me to make the full name official. But I'd like to, to introduce you to my guest this week. His name is Brandon. I'll let him introduce himself. But Brandon, please tell us about yourself. Hello, um, my name is Brandon. Uh, I, uh, I'm a student here at TCU. Uh, what do I'm you study? I'm so excited to talk about crime, um, especially arson. Uh, <laughs> I, must, I study uh, theater. I'm a musical theater major here. Um, I think that's pretty much all of the important things. We're both theater majors. We're both theater majors um, here in this fine institution. Um, so, yeah. But how was your chilly week? How was, you know, um, being you know, frozen in, you know, you couldn't go anywhere, nothing was open? You know, I felt a little stagnant, I will mm. say. But um, other than that, I, I had a pretty good time. Uh, I, I did the usual activities. <laughs> uh, I slipped on ice a couple times. Oh, um, me too. My car completely covered in mm. ice. So I had to pick off ice with like a cardboard mm -hmm. box from the back of my car so that was fun well i mean i don't think anyone can really be as unfortunate as i am um considering that you know number one i did slip down some stairs holding oh. hot chocolate oh so and it went onto a white sweatshirt that doesn't sound good mm -mm. so it was all you know pretty scary pretty bad pretty terrifying and at the end of the day i don't want it to happen again so i'm glad that there's no more ice because I grew up by the beach, and I have no clue what to do when anything freezes. See, I grew up in San Antonio, which is, like, not here. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't used to ice until, like, a couple years ago whenever we had the freeze. Mm. And even then, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. But, yeah, I spilt Kool-Aid on my white sweatshirt at a oh. darty, so that wasn't fun. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is. All right, I'm going to have you do a quick favor for me and pull your microphone just a little bit closer. There we go, just so that we can hear you all a little bit better. Um, but I'm gonna tell you your duties. So you are part of the club now in Club Crime. You are my new guest for this week. Thank God. And your duties are to react, ask questions, and add your own little personal anecdotes to the story that I'm gonna tell you today. So last, or two weeks ago's story was the Manson family. I don't know if you know anything about that. I've heard a few things about that. <laughs> but um, we're not doing the Manson family this week. Oh. Um, I have a new story for you tonight. Great. A story that involves death, Good. cannibalism, mm. and people freezing. So very much related to what we went through Literally last week. Us. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of the Donner Party. I have no, I'm so excited. I don't, I don't know what that is. Sources for tonight include National Geographic, History.com, Britannica, and Wikipedia. Delightful, delicious, to lovely. Oh, so true. No one's going to understand what that it's means except for us. To a musical called Anything Goes. Oh. Thank you. 
we're theater kids if you couldn't tell yeah unfortunately but all right so i'm gonna give you some background leading up to you know the infamous donner party so as you know a lot of people know um during the mid like 1800s a lot of people were taken by the united states idea of manifest destiny so going across the u.s in search of gold better economic opportunities really anything so a lot of people were leaving from the east and going to the west mainly in california and oregon and this was also prior to the tra transcontinental railroad being built and completed so the only way to get across the u.s was either going all the way around by boat so having to go all the way down to like cape horn and come back up because this was also before the panama canal or taking a very long voyage across the u.s on a wagon oh that's horrible isn't that just imagine being on a wagon well a wagon and it's not like there's no hotels so there's you're not no like hotels. stopping to sleep and you, like you were sleeping in the grass uh, okay this might be tmi but like think about it this way you have to use the restroom what do you do exactly they didn't have toilet paper back then what do you use to a handkerchief <laughs> you expect me to use a handkerchief i'm sorry so the Donner Party's expedition was also before the discovery of gold in California. So that was really not the reason why people were leaving. The main reason families were resettling was also, you know, because of manifest destiny and because they, it was basically being advertised that, hey, there's all this land that's completely unsettled in California and Oregon. And, you know, maybe if you come settle here, maybe you'll get rich because maybe you'll claim this land and, you know, get all these cool economic opportunities because of it. So that's why basically everyone was leaving. And the way that most wagon trails would cross the U.S. would be using the famous Oregon Trail. Love that video game. Have you ever played the Oregon Trail video I, game? No, I have never played the Oregon Trail video game, but I do know what it is. You know what it is? Um, yes. Where everyone just dies of dysentery. Yes. It's like Book of Mormon. <laughs> I need to stop making theater references. Uh, no one gets these. Anyway. One person is going to be like listening to this. Like, they're going to be like, screaming. they're going to be like, thank God someone who finally understands me finally so the, the Oregon trail would start in independence missouri and make its way to south pass which was a mountain pass in wyoming from there travelers can choose different routes that would take them to different settlements across the west but should travelers choose to go to california they would have to travel through the sierra mount sierra nevada mountain ranges which was difficult due to how steep they are so this is one of the like steepest mountain ranges in all of the u.s very famous in California. That's kind of where like Yosemite is and like Mammoth, like that, all that kind of area. You guys can't see this, but I'm wearing pants from Mammoth. <gasps> My He's uncle lives in Mammoth, right? So I, I'll go up and visit him sometimes. So I spent three weeks. You're this wearing past like the perfect getup for Literally. this entire story. Literally. And I didn't even tell you what the story was going to be. I didn't That's even crazy. know. I, I had zero clue. So the Sierra Nevada mountain range was really difficult due to how steep it was, and you can't really pass through it when it's snowing. So wagons can't get through the snow. It's going to be super icy. It's basically what we were experiencing last week when we saw people trying to drive on the ice. They I, just couldn't was, get anywhere. I was people. You, you I know? made it. I made it to Cane safely. So. Oh, got to do anything for Cane. I would do anything for Cane's respectfully. <laughs> So, in order for a wagon trail to efficiently travel across the U.S., they have to travel around 15 miles a day to reach Oregon or California, and it'll take them around four to six months. So, it's terrible. And timing was also a factor, because you had to leave late enough in the spring that there was grass to feed your pack animals, so like your cows, your ox, whatever is, you know, like pulling your wagons. Um, but they also have to leave 
early enough to the west before winter so it's kind of like you know you have to get your timing super perfect or else you're going to be stuck you're not going to be able to make it or you know it's just going to be really hard to get there early you know yeah, just a yeah. super so now we actually get to the donner party itself so the story begins in the spring of 1846 and around this time about 500 wagons left for the Oregon trail um, the main large group of this 500 wagons left around late April, but the actual Donner Party did not leave their home of Springfield, Illinois until April 16th and did not make it to Independence, Missouri until, until May 12th. And it's completely unknown why, you know, there's different theories of like it was family troubles, not enough money, whatever, but no one truly knows why they left so late. So that kind of like ap late April, early May time was like kind of way too late for them to have left. I mean, I'm just trying to think like, what if they just were like, mm, we want to go to like Aruba or something, you know, like they True. were like, they were like, let's go on a vacation. You know, I, I actually feel like that would be a little difficult considering the fact that there was no planes, but maybe they were like. But if I was going to go on a wagon trail, I might as well like, if it's going to be a long journey, I might as goodbye. well go somewhere yeah. I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they had to say their goodbyes. So, I mean, I, I kind of get that. Like, if I'm going to be stuck in Wyoming and, like, Illinois for, like, yeah. three months of my life, like, it just doesn't seem worth it. I'd ra Yeah, I'd rather go to, like, Cancun. But Cancun, uh, but, okay, but respectfully, what is there to even do in Wyoming? I have never, I don't, think, I don't think Wyoming's real. Me too. I, listen, I don't think Wyoming listen, exists. Listen, Wyoming isn't real. It isn't. Because when you think about it, have you met a person from Wyoming? Because I haven't. I've never mm -hmm. met a single person from a single person from Wyoming. But we also go to TCU, where half the population is kids from California. Yeah, you're so right. But like at the same time, I feel like a state that only has like four hundred thousand people shouldn't be a real state. Like mm. I don't know, like Rhode Island is that even real? Who Rhode, knows? The idea of like Rhode Island being so tiny. It's like, do people actually live in like the Panhandle of Oklahoma? I'm sure they don't because of how small it is. I I mean. I wouldn't know because I've never been, but, um, yeah, I mean, the only thing I know about the panhandle of Oklahoma is that, like, it's right here, mm -hmm. so, you know, it's really but relevant. you're basically on this trail. You're going to be yeah. stuck in a lot of places with nothing to do S for sucks. the most part. So the Donner Party itself is also known as the Donner-Reed Party because it consisted of the families of George and Jacob Donner and local businessman James Reed, and they're all from Springfield, Illinois. Um, the party consisted originally of 81 pioneers, which included the Donner and Reed families, and then their hired men that they hired to help them take care of their ox and, like, help them with their wagons, whatever. And then just other small families that, while they started their journey, just kind of went with this group. Because it was, like, big groups traveling. Yeah. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up. Mm -hmm. Did the Donner family have, like, money? Or how did so, they afford to hire the people? They, they have you everything? have to have money to like move across but yeah a lot of it's yeah. just you have to sell your house because uh -huh. you're going to a new house you're gonna sell because you can't take all your furniture with yeah. you you have a lot of very limited space in your wagons and then your ox can only pull so, so much, much weight yeah. so yeah it's just a lot of you know selling stuff so they have money like yeah. they have money and it's also going to like their supplies and their wagons so it's not like they're rich mm -hmm. but it's like you know you have to have some money to make the journey for the yeah. most part um, it's also worth noting that a good majority of the Donner Party consisted of women and children, and most of the members had no wilderness experience, and that's going to come in very key later. But they have, like, it's literally, like, businessmen, farmers who've, like, never left Illinois, like, people who've never seen mountains before, pretty much. Why would you even, I love Illinois. 
Illinois is such a fun... Have you been to Chicago? I've never been to Chicago, but I really would like to go to Chicago. I love Chicago. I I went for Chicago Unifieds last year, mm. which is college editions. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, and it was so much fun. That city is so cool. I They love have a Chicago. great theater scene. I mean, theater? going back to theater kids, but... but Sports, the food, the food, the food, and the bean, and the museums, mm. and the the shed aqua- mm, the shed aquarium. Anyway, Ooh, sorry. Very fun. Okay, I guess I'm going to Illinois. Go now. to Illinois. Go to Chicago. Visit Illinois. So, despite their late start, the Donner Party was able to make it to Fort Bridger, Wyoming, by July, traveling around 18 to 20 miles a day. So that's pretty good timing. Fort Bridger is kind of like one of those like points of like. If you make it here within a certain time by a certain date, you're probably going to make it to Oregon and California in a good time. Yeah. Um, it was here that the Donner Party made their fateful decision that changed the entire course of their journey. Instead of taking the traditional route to California that took travelers up to Idaho and down to Nevada, the Donner Party chose to take a brand new route called the Hastings Cutoff. So let's talk about the Hastings Cutoff for a little bit, because this is basically the entire reason why the Donner Party is infamous and why, like, their entire journey is so, like, you know, well-known today. This this just doesn't seem like a good idea on their part, if I'm being completely real. So, this route was invented by ex-Confederate soldier Lansford Hastings, who wrote an entire guidebook on how to efficiently travel across the U.S. So, the Hastings Cutoff was supposedly a more straight and quicker path to California, cutting off a supposed... 300 miles and i put that in quotes on the trip um the route basically cut through the wasatch mountains and across the salt lake desert so that's basically going like in a diagonal instead of what the original trail is is it goes up kind of through the north and then down straight to nevada and that's Mm -hmm. how like if you get to california once you're in nevada you're going to go through the sierra nevada mountains yeah Um, In reality, the route is actually longer and ends up being around 125 miles longer than the actual trail. Oh, so sucks to suck. And there were a lot of risks with the Hastings Cutoff. Number one, you have to go through a desert. Number two, you know, it's kind of like unknown territory. But also, no one had ever taken the Hastings Cutoff before. Not even Lansford Hastings. This was basically an entire BS trail that he made up just to kind of like make money with his guidebooks honestly hustle's a hustle so when the donner party is discussing you know going on this trail an actual like experienced mountain man named james Kleiman like comes to the family and warns them hey don't take this trail mm-hmm. you're probably gonna die or get seriously injured or hurt whatever and the donner party's like eh, whatever we're taking the cutoff it's, it's gonna save us time and the group just completely ignored all warnings, all risks, and said, hey, you know, it, it was like, you know, like any like false advertisement that you would see today of like, you know, those like TikTok videos where it's like those like random like items. They're like, this will change your entire life or like mm-hmm. the like skin mask they put on yes. and all this like black stuff comes mm-hmm. out of the skin mask, like clears all your pores. Like if we tell you it's true, then it must be true. Or like the diet pills, the pills that they're like, if you take this pill, you'll lose 10,000 pounds. In one day. In one day. And you'll be so slim and you'll look like Kim Kardashian. You'll be Kim Kardashian in one day. That was literally this. And it was like, despite like all warnings and no proof that this was actually going to get, like be efficient. They were just like, "Ah, whatever, we'll take it. We'll take it. Mm, So yum. 
So the Donner Party officially officially left Fort Bridger on July 31st, and they elected George Donner, who was one of the most like inexperienced mountain men of them all, as the leader of the group. And this was because he was like the most liked person. So, so it was a popularity. It was contest. like a popularity contest. Oh. What should it? So James Reed, who is like the patriarch of the Reed family. Yeah. He would also wanted to be leader, but he was not as well liked. As far as I know, he was kind of like a standoffish, stubborn person, but had more experience despite being a businessman than George Donner. Really? So it was a literal popularity contest. It was like, hey, I'm more popular than you, but I have less experience. So like everything today. I would say much. that literally sounds like 12 things going on in my life right now. So, <laughs> But as expected their new route proved to be much more difficult than they had originally expected. Because no one had ever actually taken the Hastings Cutoff, the party was forced to create their own trail through the Wasatch Mountains. During this time, the party was joined by the Graves family, which brought, up a, which brought the Donner Party to a total of 87 members. So there were six more people. Six more people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're just piling on people on this Pile trail on that no one's ever gone on. See, if it was me, I'd be like, no, they would take my food. I'm sorry. They exactly. what are you What are you bringing to the table? Yeah. What are you What are you helping me with? Do you have more food for everyone? Do you have more food for everyone? Because it's like I've anyone. It's like kindergarten care. birthday parties, or like if you uh-huh. have gum. Oh, you have a stick of gum. Do you have gum for everyone? It's like oh, it's like um, those like Valentine's Day in elementary school yes. when they would bring the you have to bring a a, a, Valentine's, a Valentine's for, for every single person. If you don't bring one, no, I wouldn't let I wouldn't let them join, respectfully, unless I was like starving. Exactly. But I guess, you know, I think in this time, it's a lot more people being like, well, you know, we all have to stick with this together if we want to get to where we want to be. Like, we're all in this together. It's like, at that point, I would be like, "Mm, no, No. sorry. Thank you. I probably wouldn't have even gone on this path after being told by that mountain man. I'd want to stay on the East Coast, if I'm being totally honest. I would, too. Okay, here's the thing. There's nothing in California at this point. There's not a thing, right? Like, I well, mean, there's some stuff, but there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's L.A. And where I live, where, like, I grew up, there was, like, stuff. But it's, like... Well, I mean, now there's stuff in California. But at the time... But at the time, there like, wasn't. L.A. was maybe 100,000 people. And this was maybe before yeah. L.A. was 100,000 people. But it was, like, L.A., San Francisco, and then maybe some things in between. Yeah. And, of course, we do have, like, settlements because California did once belong to, like, Mexico. So we yeah. do have any, like, Mexican settlements still there, whatever. But it's, like, th- you're right. They're still not, like, that's why they're going there. There's nothing there. So they can claim it all for themselves. Mm. I suppose. So throughout the journey, the party had been receiving unreliable information from Hastings, who had been t- who told them originally, like, hey, like, I'll help guide you along the trail. Wink, wink. But he was basically, the information he was giving them was, like, letters and notes that he would, like, paste on trees and, like, you know, have someone run along from his original group to give them the note. Like, he was never actually really on the trail. Um, Hastings originally told the group that once they reached the Great Salt Lake Desert, that they would be able to cross the desert in just two days. It took them five days. (laughs) Due to losing dozens of their oxen and having to abandon some of their wagons. So, here's the thing. I would be so mad. I would be so I mad. I would be so mad. I would find this guy who made this guidebook and I'd ruin him. I would, I would turn back around. 
I would go to wherever he was if he still, God rest his soul, if he's still alive. Well, obviously not now, but you know, you, you yeah. know what I'm saying. If he was alive at the time that I was doing this journey, mm -hmm. I would go back and I would be like, this guy's a fraud. I lost my wagons and my oxen or my ox. I don't even know. Anyway, that's all. <laughs> but uh, me too. I would be so upset. I just, I'm getting flustered and it didn't even happen to me. So, so once the party made it through the Hastings cutoff, they reached the Humboldt River, which is where the Hastings route like rejoins with the um, like actual California Trail. Uh -huh. So it was basically just a route to get you like closer to the end of the actual California Trail. Mm -hmm. And by this time, it was late September. All of the other migrants who had left with the Donner Party the same time that they left had already made it to California, taking the regular trail. Yeah, because they weren't stupid. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, I'm just... I, quick question. Is it cold in September in this area? Like, do you, Once you get up to the mountains, yes, it's going to be. Oh, so... So, it's like... Where they're about to get to is, like, the most treacherous part of this trail, and they're kind of there too late. So, at this point, all the members of the Donner Party are completely exhausted from their journey, as they should be. Um, there's a lot of mental and emotional strain, and to make better time, the Donner Party splits into two teams. So, it's basically, like, the main Donner family, so the two brothers, their families, and then maybe mm -hmm. some of their hired men, some of the smaller families. And then, like, the Reed family, and then the smaller families, but, like, the larger sizes of, like, the smaller families. Yeah. So, it's two groups. It's kind of split, I think, pretty 50-50, like, 40 mm -hmm. people in each. Um, and at this point, they're very low on food. Some of their oxen were killed by Paiute, um, Paiute I hope I'm saying that right, warrior natives. And all the members of the group had buried any of their, like, non-essential items. Really? So, like, any personal items that they brought that they didn't need, they had to bury. Because their ox were exhausted and couldn't uh -huh. pull that much weight. So, they had to bury all of them. Huh. So, on October 5th, an altercation takes place between uh, on the teams between James Reed, who's the patriarch of the Reed family... Uh -huh. And a hired teamster, John Snyder, who was helping them with their ox. Ending with Reed fatally stabbing Snyder under his collarbone. <gasps> and and it was basically just because, like, they're all upset. They're all pissed. Mm -hmm. um, and what originally had happened was John Snyder was whipping another family's ox because the ox wouldn't move because of how tired it was and james reed kind of stepped in to like calm down the situation mm -hmm. snyder got pissed at reed mm. and started going at him and in self-defense reed killed snyder but because snyder was more popular than reed so another popu popularity contest, mm -hmm. the party elected to banish reed from the group <laughs> however the main party would continue to take care of the rest of his family. So his family got to stay, yeah, but Reed had to, like, go. Even though, well, okay, that's weird, because if it was in self-defense, I don't understand why. They... It was just because he wasn't very popular. Oh, so he's he was Like I said, he was a very standoffish, kind of stubborn person. See, And he was real? originally given nothing. They basically just made him, like, walk away with, like, a little bit of food, but his stepdaughter went ahead, like, after him and gave him a rifle and, like, oh. a horse to make sure that, like, he wasn't actually going to well, truly that's die. kind. Very kind of her. You know, she... I wouldn't have that kind of kindness at this point See, on this trail. I would probably keep the rifle for myself along with the horse. Um, but, you know, do what you do. Do what you got to do. But, like, 
Maybe I would hope they would have extra rifles. I would hope. I mean, but didn't they bury like literally everything? But I think rifles are considered essentials in this kind of time. So on October 31st, Happy Halloween, the Donner Party reaches what is now called the Donner Pass in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Unfortunately, their progress on this trail could not continue due to large amounts of snow on the mountains. Because the Reed Group could not progress, they also set up crude cabins for the winter around what is now called Donner Lake or Truckee Lake, uh-huh. which is kind of near that mammoth like area. Oh, so I was there this summer. So yes, you were kind of you were kind of near there. Yeah. Um, the other main Donner Group. So the groups are still separate, but the Donner Group made camp a few miles east on Alder Creek. Oh. So they're separated, but they're in generally the same area. They can't keep going. Too much ice. They have to just set up camp for the yeah. winter, which is going to prove difficult because Sierra Nevada winters are insane. Yeah. I mean, I remember whenever I was there, they shut down like half of Mammoth whenever mm-hmm. it snows. I was in the, because I was just in this park and my uncle was like, yeah, it's really awesome, but it's not open during the winter. Because I was like, oh, I can't wait to come mm-hmm. back here in the winter and go to this park. And he was like, nope, you can't. I was like, oh, why? Well, was, like, it's just. My personal favorite way to like get to Mammoth mm-hmm. is to drive through Yosemite was, and instead you can't of do go, that. And you can't yeah. like you can get into Yosemite when it's snowing, but you can't get all the way through yeah. Yosemite because I've been there when it was snowing. Like it was a thing in like elementary school for where I was growing up that like if you were in fifth grade, you got to go up to like this place called Camp Ocean Pines, which oh. was like this like ocean side like outdoor camp. And then when you were in sixth grade, you got to go to Yosemite. Um, so, I mean, and I remember we went when it was snowing and, but like, we couldn't, like, I think we made it to maybe like half dome and that was kind of where like we had to stop and that was where we stayed, but you can't get all the way through. And if you want to, you have to like go all the way around Yosemite through the desert, which is not very pretty. And then like drop into Mammoth. See, I flew into San Diego. So then we drove kind of around LA and then through the desert. And then we went up to Mammoth. Up to Mammoth, yeah. Um, but it was it was a journey. And it's not it, a pretty drive, it's, I'm I mean, being totally honest. I had never seen a desert before, so mm. to me it was a pretty drive. Mm. I had, ne- like, never seen a desert. Mm-hmm. So it was it was interesting. Um, but it was raining the entire time I was there, like, in mm. the desert. Apparently, that is an, I was in Death Valley. Mm. Um, yeah. And it was pouring rain mm. the entire time. And apparently that doesn't happen that often. It so um, California's in a drought. You know, I actually have a theory that I bring rain everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I know that's, like, hard to believe. But first day of school here, it rained. Mm-hmm. Um, when I visited Arizona, it rained. When I visited California this past time for the national championship game, mm-hmm. rained. And during the game, rained. Um, when I visited Mammoth, Mammoth, it doesn't rain during the summer. It doesn't, like, it just doesn't happen. And if it does, it's, like, drizzle. Rained the entire three weeks I was there. Mm. Like, it, everywhere I visit, rain. 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 Yeah. It's rained for me a couple times in the summer when I've been to Mammoth. Really? But it's not, like, it's not raining every day. Yeah. It's, ma- like, maybe a couple times in the uh-huh. summer. It rains, like, in the spring, in the fall, and then, you know, of course, Mammoth is known for their skiing, so yes, it snows. Snow. Um, But, yeah, so they're setting up. They're going to have to wait out this entire winter, the Donner Party. Like, they can't go anywhere. So on November 4th, it begins to snow in the area for eight continuous days. Oh, no. And the party is very low on food at this point. Like, they d- 
don't have so the last place they stopped i think was it was one of those like four areas in wyoming that was the Uh last place they were able to stock up on food they're very low and their chief reserve of food which is the oxen um have all began to either freeze or just wander off just like leave oh well (laughs) which like me too me too i am that oxen i i am and i'm the first to say that and although Truckee Lake was not yet frozen, none of the pioneers ha- knew how to fish for trout, which they could have lived off of if they knew how to fish. See, even I know how to fish for trout, so that's really embarrassing for them. William Eddy, who was head of the Eddy family, which is one of the smaller families, yeah. was able to successfully shoot a bear. Oh. But that was the last time they were able to su- successfully hunt anything. Oh. So they shot a bear once, oh. ate what they could of it, and then that was it. That's delicious. On <laughs> November 20th, Patrick Breen began writing a diary about the party's time being snowbound. He wrote until March 1st, and it became the only first-hand account of what the Donner Party experienced during their abandonment. So, all we know is either what the Donner Party told once they were rescued, uh-huh. um, what this guy wrote in his diary... And then, like, maybe some letters that people were, like, writing to their family once they got out. So, the story's kind of murky. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, this, this first-hand account starts as just him writing about the weather. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, it's snowed a little bit more today, but we can kind of see the sun. And then it gradually shifted towards why is god punishing us and why do we have to be like it got like real crazy real fast i just it doesn't make sense when you start thinking like that you're gonna die i'm sorry it's it's your own fault at that point like like i think i mean it's one thing to like have to live based on like survival needs uh but if you were like living and you don't have your mental sanity like it's just over for you it's over for you I, i here's the thing as long as you have water and tbh melt the snow if it's that bad as long as you have water the human body can live for a very long time without i mean food. we know that this area has trees this like, area has they could trees. be building fires you could, i'm sorry but if you are going to die it is your own fault but at the same time we did establish that these people don't have any wilderness experience i mean so i yeah which I honestly like I could do it. if i was gonna go on this like trip I would at least try to gather some wilderness experience. They had libraries in 1845 that could have gone and researched a little. Well, like, and most of these people were pretty friendly at this time. You could yeah. have gone to someone and said, hey, can you teach me how to build a fire? Hey, can you teach me how to use a gun? Hey, how do I, like, fish? Also, if one person in the 80, what, in the 80, well, 84, I 87. guess. 87. Well, didn't it go down? The two people? Mm, or yeah. I don't know. What, I mean, whatever re- the number Reed is. is gone, but it's still yeah. technically 87. Yeah. If one person knows how to build a fire, teach the other people how to build a fire. Exactly. At a certain point, it is your own fault that you're going to die. Yeah. I'm sorry. It is what it is. No, it's true. But on December 16th, over a month after the Donner Party became snowbound, a group of 10 men and five women set off in makeshift snowshoes made out of animal hides and like sticks and whatever they had on hand in an attempt to cross the mountains. And this journey became known as the Forlorn, Forlorn Hope Hike. Oh. Um, but it took them basically a month to realize, hey, maybe we should like leave and get some help, you yeah. know. 
So after wandering for several days, members of the group, this forlorn forlorn hope group, were snowblind, which is when like the sunlight reflects off the snow and like blinds you from staring at it for uh-huh. so long. They were starving. How long of does course. the snowblind thing last? I think it depends. I think, you know, if you've been looking at the snow for long enough, I think it can cause permanent blindness. But if you're continuously, like, walking through it, Uh I think it's not like you're necessarily blind, blind, but you just just can't see. see. You just can't see. Like, and they're close to death. As a last resort, the group began resorting to cannibalism. Did they just start, like, voting off people? Or... So, (laughs) people were... Uh, two peop- two men had already died at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original group, so it says that this group was 15 people. It was originally 17 because two younger boys tried to join along. But they got, like, maybe a couple miles out and said, hey, we can't do this, and, like, left and turned back. They went back to the group. Well, that's So now good. it's 15. Um, two people have already died. Um, but the third member, Patrick Dolan, and he died when it was, like, most, you know, they needed food most. They started eating his flesh. Because they had no other food. Oh, well, um, you got to do what you got to do. You, exactly. Uh, um, <laughs> and two members of this hiking group were natives that had joined the Donner Party before they became snowbound. So it was like 87, went up to 89 technically, but um, they were named Salvador and Luis. And... They refused to engage in the cannibalism, which because of like their uh-huh. ideals and you know their beliefs, so they yeah. refused to engage. So they left. They were like, "Hey, peace out. We're gonna go find help on our own." Uh-huh. But they were both found collapsed two days later, still alive, uh-huh. but were shot in the head by William Foster. How? Oh, they were shot in the head so that they could eat them. Mm-hmm. Got it. They were then butchered and eaten by oh. the rest of the group. And this was the only instance that people were actually murdered yeah. for use of food. So all the other circumstances were just people dying because of the circumstances. Uh-huh. This was the only time that they actually like, murdered. Were they like unconscious or do you, is it like not known? It's, I think there was an account. It was just like they were so like hungry that they had just collapsed. Uh-huh. And I don't necessarily know if they were like talking or like uh-huh. begged for their lives or anything. Yeah. It was just like they were in the snow, couldn't move. Hey, we need food you know honestly like i consider my life to be precious so if someone's dead and i'm in the snow you can bet you can bet your butt i'm taking a bite Mm. i'm taking a little nibble if it means i get to live i think if you just think really hard that it tastes like canes if it tastes like canes i'm eating it (laughs) and you know what honestly yes it's sad like i probably had a conversation with this person before you know it's sad but Mm. i get to live they're already dead. It's either that or they decompose and their body's never seen again. So That's you know. true. Well, so and their bodies really weren't decomposing. They were freezing. Well, I mean, well, they would like, freeze, but then eventually they would decompose. And eventually they would so, decompose. So, yeah. So in January of 1847, the remaining members of the hiking group made it to the Sacramento Valley um, into what was called Fort Sutter, which is current-day Sacramento. Oh, okay. Um, Of the 15 original members of the hiking group, only two of the men survived, but all five of the women survived. Good. Um, And their journey took 33 days. (laughs) That sounds horrible. Does it? Horrible. 
it's just terrible. Like, and here's what, like, I was thinking about this. So, I wrote all this information down uh-huh. before the winter storm happened last week. Uh-huh. And so, I had all this information in my head. And I remember, like, walking around, like, going to the dining hall. And I was in, like, a full, like, coat and, like, you know, layers yeah. and stuff. But I was freezing. And uh-huh. I was thinking to myself, like, imagine, like, you don't have a coat. Uh-huh. You're basically just in, like... Like, if I was a woman in this time, I would be in, like, my dress, uh-huh. you know, my undercoats, whatever maybe little shawls I had, mm-hmm. and I'm hiking through that in the snow. Well, it's also, like, below zero. Below zero. Below zero. And it was only 20 degrees last week, which is yeah. nothing compared to what they were going through. Yep. So, in my mind, I'm like, if I could barely endure that last week, how would I be able to endure what they went through? See, like, the thing with these long journeys, I just don't understand how people... First off, mentally can handle it. And second off, are able to, like, devote that much time in their life. Like, this kind of reminds me of, like, people who do the Pacific Coast Trail. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, all power to you. But if I had to do that, I think I would just collapse. Could I live through it? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's, like... Well, <sighs> that's what I think about. Is I think about, you know, in this time, our attention spans are so, like, small and mm-hmm. low. And I do understand that, you know, like... We say, like, we couldn't make it through this considering maybe, like, our intentions. Like, if we had the intention spans that we had now trying uh-huh. to go through this, we wouldn't be, be able to handle it. But think about these people that, like, what did they really have to do for fun back book. in this time? Book. 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 Book after book. Book after book. Go after outside. Book. Dictionary. Rock. Bible. <laughs> Rock climb. Rock. <laughs> Tree? Tree. Shoot. Hunt. Eat. Exactly. I guess maybe in the cities, like, you can go to, like, maybe little shows, learn how to play an instrument. They had, like, like, yeah, they had, like, um, they had symphonies. And, like, I mean, like, they also had, like, a, what are they called? Like, the um, vaudeville shows. Yes. So they had vaudeville, I, I suppose. I mean, they had things to do. I'm not saying, like, they had nothing to do. But, but they like, had no, they had a much, like, I So considering, like, this hike was probably, like, their only source of entertainment they were that like, they had. Like, they had been stuck in the snow for, like, a month. And they were, like... Well, as long as we're hiking, we get to see new things every single day. That's just... But they weren't because they were snow blind. I get so bored so easily. And I'm like, how did people back then not get bored? Like, I I get that their attention Mm -hmm. spans were different. I'm just like, even when I was little, I would get bored before, like, like I'm saying, like, little, little before Mm -hmm. there was, like, iPhones everywhere. Yeah. I would get bored all Mm -hmm. the time. I had so... Me and too. maybe that's just my ADHD, but I I don't know. Like, I don't think – mentally, I don't even know if I could handle living back then. So this journey I think, sounds awful. I think if I, like I, – I was an imaginary kid person when I was little. I think maybe if I had my imaginary friends, like, uh-huh. you know, I could, I could get through it if I'm, like, talking to my imaginary friends all the time. Yeah. But, like – so now we go back to Truckee. We go back to, like, the Donner – where the rest of the Donner party is. Mm-hmm. So – they're not much better off than the hiking group due to a complete lack of food. Embrace yourself. Okay. So they'd resorted to killing their pack animals and dogs and oh. eating those, which is not terrible to start off with. I mean, but the dogs, that, that's, that's very sad. But to think of like, you know, cannibalism yeah. or dogs, I would yeah, honestly you see, kind of rather eat If it eat came a dog. down to it, I would eat a dog way before I eat a human. Mm-hmm. So. And then, because there was no meat left, they started gnawing on the leftover stop bones. It, stop. Uh, ooh, ooh. But here's where it gets really terrible. They had nothing to eat at this point. So they were taking the animal hides that they had on their cabins, uh. boiling them, 
and then like the calcium and like all of the like fat and whatever that was in the hide would it made nice. a paste. They would eat like the Mac- like the McDonald's chicken nugget paste. Yes, like oh think my of like God. think of maybe like when I tried to imagine it and like looked it up, I think it's like. I'm trying to even think of like what, it's like applesauce, low key. Delicious, <laughs> but like a like weird thick paste, and they were also like eating bark off of trees and like. When I was little, I used to do that. No shame. Tasted no. like cinnamon. Oh. That's how they make cinnamon. Well, yeah, but it, yeah. like going up to a random tree. Uh, going like, up to a random tree, just <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, they they had nothing to eat. Um. But the first relief party to rescue the Donner Party took place on January 31st of 1847. Hmm. And that's when they first left. And they reached Truckee on February 18th. Oh, no. The first party, and this is, like, so, like, these dates are close to, like, what we have. Like, today is February 6th. So we're kind of, like... Of course, not year-wise, but we're kind of close to the same dates of, like, when this all took place. The first party took back 23 of the immigrants. However, many died along the way. From then on, it took two months to rescue the remaining Donner Party. Any remaining members. Um, It should be noted, though, that many people were left behind originally because of illness and injury those that were left behind did eventually resort to cannibalism and around half the survivors of the donner party resorted to cannibalism wow so i feel like if i played my cards right i wouldn't have to be the half that would eat someone um i would be the person that's sitting there and be like don't you think that like Shelly or like Shelly looks like a little you know sick today maybe maybe we should kill her today I would also say that if I was hungry enough if I but like I would be I would be like you I'd be playing my cards and being like so David just looks a little bit like pale today you know you know he's probably gonna be the next to die so why don't we just like kill him not me Adam had a limp and I know Mm -hmm. I know I know he seemed normal but I think that if we had to pick one person know one person it'd be it'd be adam it would be adam i would i would kill adam i do like a little like group vote moment of like who wants adam dead <laughs> or it'd be I like say yes. have you ever played mafia yes i've played mafia it would be like you know when you have to vote off someone mm-hmm. i would be sitting there fighting for my life being like it's him uh-huh. kill him i just here's the thing i feel like i'd be persuasive i could just wordsmith my way around i would just be like yeah Adam said this about you. Like Adam said that you Me, smell. I would be really causing bad. drama. I am the drama, so I would be the drama but in that situation. You would have to play it right so that the drama doesn't get, get back, back to, to you. you. You're so right. Here's the thing: you, the last thing you want is for people to be like, "Oh, he's starting stuff." Because then that when that well, happens, you would have you're to, dead. you would have to do like one person each time before they get killed. So you start like you can't start it with multiple di- like be like. Adam today, Shelly tomorrow. Like, yeah. wait for that person to you die. You have to focus on a, a, a specific person. You have to be a master manipulator, specific mm-hmm. person, and make sure it's not someone who's like well respected, because then you're dead. Yeah, you are gone. Like the first person to die would be someone like James Reed. 
Yeah, James, if if I was in, I would be like, hey, uh, James? Hello, James. James, um, uh, what did you say about Betsy Sue? Exactly. Did you say that Betsy Sue yeah. uh, slept with too many men back in Illinois? Because mm. Betsy Sue, she's she's a pure-hearted woman. And uh, Ex- I, don't appreciate, exactly. I don't appreciate what you're saying about my friend Betsy Sue. And then I would just start being like, you know, Betsy Sue Betsy didn't Sue. deserve that. She didn't Betsy deserve that at Sue. all. Mm-mm. All right, so of the original Donner Party members, both George and Jacob Donner died. However, James Reed's family was able to remain mostly intact. Yeah. Um, Out of the total party, 42 people died, and there were 47 survivors. So this was, that full count would be 89 people, Mm -hmm. including the two Native men that had joined and, like, went off. So 42 died, 47 survivors. Um, the Breen family also remained intact, which was one of the smaller family families. And when I say intact, that means the children weren't orphaned, basically. Ooh. But did the, some of the kids die? I think some of the kids died, but it was mostly like, it was basically like a Titanic situation of being yeah. like, women and children, we save them first. The men have to die. So that's sad for me. Because if I was them, I, I, I would die. But, I would yeah. be so sad. No, here's the thing. I would find a way to, like, I would, like, cut off a piece of the bear's fur, and I'd wear it as a wig, and I'd be like, I'm Brandy. <laughs> I'm Brandy. I'm not Brandon. And you'd, then go, like, you'd do full drag? Give me the, a- <laughs> yes, I would do full drag. Give me the applesauce. <laughs> give me that, a- give me some of that See, applesauce. If, if it was me, I would, like, take the paste, and I'd dip the bark in the paste. Oh, yeah. And get a little, like, it'd be, like, chips, chips and dip. Chips and dip. It'd mm-hmm. be chips and queso. Um, William Eddy, who was the man who shot that bear that mm-hmm. one time, um, his family, um, his family had basically mostly died and most of the Murphy family had died. So main, basically like the Donner party, you know, it's basically just the kids and like some yeah. of the women left, um, Reed family. It's most of them, mm-hmm. which was like, if the Reed, if James Reed was the most disliked, Please tell me how they didn't all kill him. All of his family lived. How all his family lived. I think it was just divine intervention. True. He was kicked out unjustly. And, um, you know. So something I did last time um, when I talked about the Manson family is I wrote down, like, what Manson's basically last, like, testify to the court was. Yeah. Um, in this, however, I have a quote. Written by James Reed's daughter, Virginia, to her cousin following her rescue. Oh. And this is what she writes. I have, I have not wrote to you half the trouble we have had. Or I have not wrote to you enough. Oh my gosh, I like completely lost where I was. I have not wrote to you half the trouble we have had. But I have wrote enough to let you know that we don't know what trouble is. But thank God we have all got through. And the only family that did not eat human flesh. So none of the Reed family ate. Oh, I was wondering. I was thinking. I was like, I wonder how many people that survived didn't eat. So his entire family, I guess, didn't. But here's the thing. I'm like, how, how, many, how many people died because they wouldn't eat? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. at the end of the day, yes, it's gross. Yes, it's barbaric. But if you really want to live. If you want to live, you will eat. That's, that's all I have to say. Mm. I mean, I don't think killing people is justifiable, but yeah. I think if they're dead. So, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But 
thank God we have all got through, and this is continuing the quote, but yes. thank God we've all got through and the only family that did not eat human flesh. We have left everything, but I don't care for that. We have got through with our lives, but don't let this letter dishearten anybody. Never take no cutoffs and hurry along as fast as you can. So kind of going in with that end of the quote, it's really funny because despite what the Donner Party faced, the amount of people who migrated from the West never lessened and actually increased with the discovery of gold in 1948. Many people regarded what happened to the Donner Party as nothing more than an unfortunate experience that happened to one group of Wester westward migrants. So it was just like, eh, it happened to them, but like... It won't happen to me. It won't happen again. And that's the story of the Donner Party. It's delightful. So, um, I'm also going to add this in because you asked me before we started if there's going to be any like paranormal spooky story yes please. and i've decided that i'm going to give you one thank um, you kind of related to the area thank you so when i talked about the manson family i talked about how my grandma sort of knew the manson family oh she wasn't like a part of them or anything yeah. but she did like her washing at the laundromats with them oh so it was like manson adjacent manson adjacent yeah. um shameless plug if you want to go listen to that episode which was last week's episode please go listen on spotify or apple Podcasts to anyone listening or to you brandon if you're of interested of course yes um but i used my grandma as a source and so i'm gonna use one of my dad's stories now so this is kind Delightful. of in a similar area um not trucky but outside of mammoth mm -hmm. um so my dad every year goes to mammoth on fishing trips with all his friends like they go and it's up to mammoth they have a little like ranch cabin where they can go fishing whatever yeah and one year they go and they go i think it's i want to say it's like 20 25 miles outside of mammoth yeah to this hotel and the hotel is this it's a hotel brought from this abandoned ghost town in the area called Bodie. Yeah. And so Bodie was like this mercury mining town that got abandoned when like the mines ran out, whatever. And it's a hotel that was brought down. So my dad goes and they try to check in. They say, okay, go to the bar because that's where you get a room. So they go to the bar. The bar? Which is like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, why would, hey, if you would like a room, go to the bar. So maybe it's like a little plug to be like, like get a drink. Get a drink. Get a drink. The bar makes money. The hotel makes money. Yeah. So they go, and they ask for a room, and it's him and his two friends, my dad and his two friends, mm -hmm. and they ask for a room, and they say, well, we only have one room left, but you don't want that room because it's haunted. Oh. And this is a true story. So the, guy, the bartender proceeds to tell them, so the hotel was brought from Bodie, this ghost town, mm -hmm. and when the hotel was still in Bodie, um, this bride on her wedding day was left at the altar oh. by her groom and she jumps out of the window and kills herself. Oh. And so now, so after the hotel got moved, whatever, now whenever men, and I don't know if it's men specifically, but yeah. whenever people stay in the hotel, she sits, the ghost sits on their chest. Like on thinking, their chest? Mm -hmm, thinking oh. that like she, like. It's the, her husband. It's her husband, oh pretty my. much. So my dad and none of his friends believe it. They don't. Uh -huh. And they're like, whatever. Like, we're not superstitious. We're going to go mm -hmm. stay in this room. So they go. And I, like, have made my dad tell me this story so many times because uh -huh. I think it's insane. 
my dad at like midnight, 1 a.m., wakes up to this immense pressure uh-huh. on his chest. And he's like freaking out, uh-huh. refuses to open his eyes. But like it feels like someone's sitting on his chest. Uh-huh. And so eventually it goes away and he goes back to sleep. And he wakes up in the morning and one of his friends walks in and goes, did you feel the pressure on your chest last night too? Oh my God. Oh. And then they had a third friend and they ask him and their third friend is like silent. And it wasn't until a few years ago that the friend finally fessed up and was like, yeah, I felt the pressure too. He didn't. He was just so freaking scared yeah. that he was like, I am not talking about this. Yeah. We're leaving. But I, to this day, like want to go stay at this hotel. Can we go? So, do you want to go? Next I want to go stay in that room. Next time you go to Mammoths, give me a call. I'll, be, I'll drive over. I'll call you and I'll be like, let's go stay in this hotel. Because honestly, like ghosts have always just been my thing. Like I love ghosts. And when I was See, little, if I ever do a supernatural like episode on the podcast, I I'm inviting you back. I will be here. I, cause the thing is, is that when I was little, I used to like talk to ghosts. Me too. But like. I know people say that all the time and that like, it's not believable. I used to speak to like, like in dreams and in person to my like parents, like my mom, her dad passed away before I was born mm-hmm. and her brother. Well, her brother was alive when I was in any way. Um, and I would just talk to him and I would know things that I'm not supposed to know. And then like my acting coach, mm-hmm. like a year ago, I was doing a, a college audition thing <laughs> again. Um, but I was doing a coaching session with her and I, don't know how because it had not happened in years mm-hmm. i i just all of a sudden had like this image of a red coat in my head and i was like cat are you gonna throw out a red coat <gasps> and she was like yes why and i'm like your mom doesn't want you to throw out the red coat that she bought you <gasps> her mom bought her this red coat and her mom had passed away um her That's mom had bought her this red coat and then i started naming like details about where like like her, what her mom wanted mm-hmm. to, like her to do in life, like uh, all of this, like crazy stuff that I'm not supposed to know. And mm-hmm. we talked for like three or four hours. It was like me talking, mm-hmm. and it was like random things that I should not have known. Like I knew her sisters, her 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 aunt's mm-hmm. name. I knew her sisters' names. I like knew like details about like I, I had been to her house before, but I knew like mm-hmm. details about like what she was keeping in her closet. I knew like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I I've never experienced anything like it, and I, I mean. I sometimes will like be like, oh, there's a ghost here, but I'm never like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never talk to ghosts like that. Yeah, but you freaky knew t- like freaky. I like, knew freaky details okay. I should not have known. I I should have known about the red coat in the first place. I should have known that she was about to get rid of it. I yeah. should have known that her mom got gave it to her. I should have known That's all the deals. De- and then I was like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of spiders. I don't I don't <gasps> know why. And she's like, That's crazy because I've been seeing spiders. And she got a essentially like. She'd been going through a rough time, so she saw, like, a spider, and it was, like, a residuals check from an acting project she had done. Mm-hmm. The late, She talked to me later. She's like, I saw a spider when I got this check. Mm-hmm. Like, spiders just kept on popping up. That's crazy. And I was just like, wow. She's oh, like, and I was like, the spider's your mom. God. The spider's your mom saying hi. The spider's your mom. That's so, okay. So, the hotel is called the Bodhi Hotel. Uh-huh. Um, it's in Bridgeport, California. Hmm. Um, I think that's I'm going to show, this is, this is a little picture of the, oh, cu- you guys can't, beautiful. I'm sorry to the audio listeners that y'all can't see Google. it, but it's just like a, if you ever want to Google it, it's called the Bodhi Hotel. It's in Bridgeport. It's like a, it's like a white wood paneled building, Looks two German. stories. Looks, it, it does looks look a little German. German. 
I'll say it. I, I want to see that in the snow. And anyone who ever wants to go to a good ghost town, go to Bodie. But, you know, if you're ever in the area, I do recommend going to Truckee and seeing the lake. I think there's, like, plaques that say, like, where the Donner Party was, like, staying and, like, where they passed through. You can go through Donner Pass. Really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, but that is the story of the Donner Party. Do you have any final comments or anything mm. you'd like to say? It was great being here. Thank you. Thank you. It was a fun time. Um, I will definitely bring you back if we have alien episodes or supernatural episodes. Aliens, ghosts, I'm here. Maybe that'll be like the final episode of this season. Good. I'm sorry. I'll think ahead. Yeah. We'll have yeah. a little like fun little episode. A little wrap up. little wrap up. Mm-hmm. Yep. But thank you so much. And as always, this is Club Crime. Thank you for joining the club, Brandon. You're officially a member of the Club of Club Crime. That's fire. Thank you. So thank you so much for joining us. Please join us next week for another true crime story when we have another guest joining us. And this has been Club Crime.